Amen. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause this morning, man? So cool. You know, I was just sharing with Kyle, you know, this morning I was, you know, up early and praying and, and thinking through the day and just, I got emotional as I just thought about how the Lord has just done this amazing work, you know, in the life of our church and in the life of Kyle and Kim. And uh, I went back and I found something. So I said in the video, it was roughly 11 years ago that I uh, received an email about a vision trip to Lesotho and I had to Google Lesotho. I'd never heard of Lesotho. And I remember that first trip, it, it, it was different than anything I'd ever gone on. At the time, many of you know, we were praying about mission partners as a church. Darlene Gentry was our missions team coach, and, and we were praying about partnership. And, and I'll never forget, she kind of pulled me aside, and she said, I don't know what this means, but Africa is on my heart. And, and it was weeks later when I received that email. And I went to that visioning on that trip, and to see the Flora family, to see Jim and Teresa and their three daughters, uh, in Africa, sharing the gospel was just something that I had personally never seen before. I'd never walked into a village and people start rubbing my skin because they had never seen a white guy before. And I'm like, please don't let me represent the rest of them. It gets better, I promise, you know. <laughs> but people had never heard of Jesus, never heard the name of Jesus. I mean, literally, who, who would tell me more? And to watch Jim Flora weekly bring guys in and disciple them and then send them out. I knew immediately when we left that there was something that God was doing behind the scenes. And the Lord just continued to connect dots. I found the email this morning from Kyle. Kyle was in college and he went and lived in Lesotho, as he said in the video, for six months. And 10 years ago, he sent me this email. And I didn't even ask him for permission at the first service and I still haven't asked him for permission. So I just wanna read the first paragraph. He's talking about his calling as a missionary and a pastor. And he's like, I'm not sure how those two things mesh. And again, amazing to think how the Lord brought him back here to be a part of our senior staff, to help really establish a lot of the missions that we do here locally, uh, nationally. Uh, he was pioneering that work. And so to see in the first paragraph, you know, him wrestling with, I feel called into missions, but I feel called to pastor. I'm not sure. And then to see now in the last 10 years, what God has done through his ministry. He has been such a key part of our team as we've gone through a visioning process, as we've gone through a building process, he's been key through that. But then in the second paragraph, I'm going to read it. He said this. He said, I've been praying about River Oak. And this is 2013. I've been praying about River Oak's involvement here in Lesotho. And I believe that God could use our church in some amazing ways to reach these people. The Flores are also convinced that River Oak could make a huge impact in this country because as you know, they cannot do it alone. They literally have people asking them, when are you going to come to my village and share God's word with us? How awesome is that, he wrote. They want people to come and give them the truth, exclamation point, truth. But it breaks their heart to hear this because even, because even if they wanted to go share the word with all these villages, they never could do it on their own. So I honestly believe that God will use River Oak to adopt a valley in these mountains as our own for reaching people with the gospel. I'm continually praying about our involvement here and I just wanted to let you know what is on my heart. These people, as you know, because you have been here, are very desperate. The difference is they want to know the truth, but there is no one here to tell them. There are so many villages that have never been reached with the gospel. It was nice to see the River Oak team, but I believe that God has something amazing in store. And so to read that 10 years ago and to, to be standing on this stage celebrating the work of God, because this is, we're giving glory to the Lord and what he's done. As a church, to be able to send a missionary, that's huge. 
Like that is huge. Like a, what a blessing as a body of believers that you guys have supported and even sacrificially given so that he can go and be a part of the IMB, but in a way where he's an associate part of the IMB. But we as a church, we're sending him, we're funding him and his family to go to Lesotho. And so again, today is a day that we celebrate the work of God. And so I'm gonna ask Kyle to come out, share a little bit of his heart, give this young man a round of applause. And then what we're going to do... A little bit different, a little bit different today. We'll be back in our normal series next week. But how we're going to end this is we're going to bring him and his family down and we're going to cover them in prayer. We're going to invite you forward. We're going to lay hands on them and we're going to pray and commission them for the gospel. To God be the glory, amen, for the great things that he has done. God bless you, Bill. Thank you, Pastor Heath. Good morning. It's kind of a a bittersweet moment um, to stand before you for possibly the last time in a, in a while. Um, and this whole journey, the last few months, at least for us, um, it's been about a year and a half, close to two years of me and my wife knowing um, that the Lord has called us to go and, and live our lives in the mountains of Lesotho, uh, knowing that the Lord has called us uh, specifically to go and live amongst the people that some of them have no idea who Jesus is. They don't know his name. They have no idea what he's done for them. For us, it's been a very humbling experience. Um, I know for the church, this is not, you know, God calling me and my family is not separate from God calling this local church. Uh, The two things go hand in hand, Um, but it's been a very humbling experience. I know that um, the last few months as we've been preparing to to move out of our house and to, um, to move to Africa, we've had so many moments where we have gotten a text, a phone call, an email, somebody stopped by our house. Um, and we've had so many moments where we've just looked at each other and, and just laughed in, in amazement at what God has done. Um, we're so humbled by your generosity, by the generosity of the Lord. You know, we read scripture and we know the promise that everything is his, but I don't think we live that way sometimes. I know I don't. I live in, uh, sometimes live in doubt and fear. And the Lord calls us to live in faith, knowing that everything is his, he owns it all. Um, and so for us to be a part of this, just to be on this you know, receiving end of your generosity has been so humbling. Just so many stories I could tell you uh, about how you have stepped up to support us uh, in so many different ways. Just things that, that would blow your mind. I wish I had time, I had two hours to tell you everything that has happened. But over the last few months, many of you have given financially, made that sacrifice to, to give towards this Lesotho fund to send us to help pay for our fuel driving into the mountains of Africa, pay for a vehicle, pay for a place to live, pay for everything that we need to be there. You guys have stepped up and so generously given uh, to allow us to be in a place where we can go. We can be sent and we can... Uh, live there for, for an amount of time, knowing that everything is taken care of. Uh, many of you have given up your time and your talents and your abilities to come and help me rebuild a very, very old house that we bought many years ago. Uh, when somebody tells you to buy a nice, you know, not nice, excuse me, an old house. And you're like, yeah, it's got character, you know? That's like code for this thing is falling apart. 
And so <laughs> my dad didn't pressure us into buying this house, but he, he was supportive of us buying this house. It's been a phenomenal place to live over the last six years, um, but it's old uh, and it's falling apart. And also people say like, oh, this house has good bones. You know, you've heard that before, which may be true. The, the, the bones of the house may be, may be nice, but the skin on it is falling apart. And so for us, it's been quite a project. It's been a, a live-in renovation. Uh, the Lord has taken care of us and, uh, you know, through broken pipes and other things. Um, we've been able to, to make this our home. And, you know, for us to move away from that, I know many of you have experienced this before. Um, our first home where we brought our kids home from the hospital, uh, it's been a, an emotional uh, journey for us. But so many of you have come to help us fix our house. So many broken things that had to be fixed in just giving up your time. Um, and I, I have a list of people that I wanted to rattle off this long list of people that I've been writing down, making notes of people who have just given their time, their energy. Um, and I think it would take me way too long to read this, but there are just so many people that have given up. I mean, just to name a couple, Sean Stewart took a week off of work to come and help me fix my house. Um, Joey Coleman has given up so much to, and his brother Earl have given up so much to help us uh, fix our house. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So many people. And all of this to say, we're so humbled by your generosity, by allowing us to get out of our house, to be on time, uh, at least what we perceive as God's time, to move to Africa by the end of this month. Um, another humbling thing for us as well is moving back into my parents' house at 33 years old. <laughs> So we moved out of our house and had to move back in with my parents, although they love us and it's not too bad. Uh, it's kind of a tight situation. Um, and moving back in with your parents at like 24 is one thing, uh, but 33 with two kids and a dog and a wife is a very humbling experience. But thank you guys. I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much uh, for being a part of this, just by praying for us, giving towards this effort. Um, Kevin and Katie for <laughs> allowing our dog to live with you for whoever, who, who knows how long, the next few months until we can figure that out. So many things, so many things I could thank all of you for. Uh, but this morning, I wanted to give you guys just quickly an, an update on where we are, uh, where the last few months have been, uh, what we're looking at in the future. Or spend some time in the word this morning, looking at God's call to make disciples among the nations. Um, and then I wanna end with how, how you can be involved, how you can follow us, how you can be involved specifically as an individual on different levels. Um, but just a quick update. We leave in exactly, almost exactly, well, not exactly. That's actually not true. We leave in just over three weeks. Um, we board a plane on October 31st to fly to South Africa. We'll land in South Africa on the 1st of November. And then from there, we will spend a few days kind of, you know, getting over jet lag, um, just kind of gathering ourselves, making sure all of our luggage comes in. And we will then drive uh, into Lesotho where we will spend what we've been told is two to five or more days uh, to get our residence permits, um, our application for our residence permits turn in. Um, so it's probably like spending time in the DMV here, which sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so that could take two to five to seven to 10 days, who knows how long, to get all this stuff turned in. Uh, and then we plan to drive up into the mountains and start um, unloading what we have. We are packing a shipping, shipping container 
Uh, you may have noticed when you drove in, or at least you will on the way out, we have a shipping container on the property here that we are loading up with uh, our goods, some furniture and clothes and toys and all that stuff to ship across the ocean. Uh, I've been sending my wife videos on uh, social media of, of shipping containers falling into the ocean. So that's, that's one prayer point for you is that you could pray that our shipping container would be like in the middle of the ship and not on the outside and that it would get there uh, at the right time uh, and not fall off a ship into the Atlantic Ocean. That would be great. Thank you. So we leave in three weeks and we have this general plan and all along God has taken care of us and we have been very concerned about like, okay, what is the right time? How is this going to look? And at a certain point, you just gotta, you gotta pick a date and you gotta buy tickets and you gotta go with it. And we have been praying, okay, is it September? Is it October? Is it December? Should we wait until next year? There are all these things that we have to do. And uh, in faith, we were like, okay, we, we feel like the end of October is the right time. Uh, let's go ahead and buy tickets and we will figure out how to get there uh, in the meantime. So over the last few months, just working on my house, working on all of these things we need to take care of here, um, and like I said, so many of you giving up your time and your energy to help us. Uh, the 31st is our day of moving. We still have a lot to do uh, to, to leave on the 31st. Uh, so please be praying for that as well. I see some very long days ahead of us uh, to make this happen. But we are actually joining a team of missionaries in Lesotho. Uh, so like Pastor Heath says, uh, said, we are, we're going with the International Mission Board as IMB team associates. So Instead of being IMB career missionaries where you're funded by the IMB, uh, we are team associates, which means we are part of the team and we are part of the IMB, but we are technically self-funded. So through the local church, through River Oak, we will be funded through the, the body here um, and then be a part of the team in the, uh, with the IMB in Lesotho. Um, so we're joining a team, a very small team in Lesotho, two other couples, Stan and Angie Burleson, um, who live in the mountains as well. They live in a different place where uh, the Floras used to live, a place called Katsi, uh, Tabatseka. They live on that side, a few hours from where we will be. So they'll be our closest, our closest known neighbors will be a few hours from us. Um, Stan and Angie Burleson, be praying for them. They've been living in Lesotho for seven, eight plus years now. Um, and Jake and Ginger Goss and their daughter Timber, uh, they are living in the capital of Lesotho, Maseru, which is outside of the mountains and the lowlands of the country. So we'll be joining these two uh, couples and some other missionary um, families in South Africa to join this team, to have a unified effort of making disciples all throughout the um, Southern part of Africa. And specifically for us as a church and for us as a family, our goal is to be reaching this one uh, section of this people group in Mohotlong, Lesotho. So very high up in the northwest, uh, northeast region of the country, we will be up there sharing the gospel, going village to village um, to people, some of them whom have never heard the name of Jesus, sharing the hope of Jesus to them so that many of them could repent of their sins, believe in him and have eternal life. Our plan is to see disciples raised up, churches planted all throughout the mountains, um, and to see these churches begin to be healthy churches and uh, reproducing churches. And so that these disciples would go to their neighbors and to the next village and the next village to share the gospel and to see others come to faith in him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of uh, Romans. Romans chapter 15. I've been reading through um, a lot of the New Testament lately. I've been in Romans 
uh, for a little while and read most of the book of Acts yesterday, preparing for this. And Romans chapter 15 has been, so most of Romans, Paul is writing to the church at Rome and he is giving this um, theological explanation of who Jesus is, how we're justified in him, how the old law has been uh, covered by Jesus and how those who have faith in Jesus will have eternal life. And he's given this very um, theological explanation of what it means to follow Jesus. And then you get to the latter part of the book in the last few chapters, chapter 15, chapter 16, and it's very personal. Paul is speaking directly to the believers in Rome at this time in this church. And he says some very personal and practical things to this church in Rome. And so in chapter 15, he says some words that I've, I've wrestled with for a long time. I've always wondered exactly what Paul meant by these words, but after spending time reading this and reading the book of Acts, I think it's becoming a little more clear, uh, but I think it applies to our situation here at River Oak Church as we send out missionaries all over the world to make disciples and to plant churches. So at, uh, Romans, excuse me, chapter 15, starting in verse 18. I'll read down to 21. It says this, for I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed and the power of signs and wonders by the power of the spirit so that from Jerusalem and around about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And thus I aspired to preach the gospel not where Christ was already named so that I would not build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, they who had no news of him shall see and they who have not heard shall understand. Paul says here at the end of his letter to the church at Rome, something very profound. And something on the surface seems like, Paul, I don't think... I don't think you, you really know what's going on. I think you might be lying to the church. It doesn't seem like you really understand what it means to reach people for the gospel. Until you begin to read the book of Acts and you see exactly what Paul's task was. The task that Paul had was a task of uh, a missionary that we, we call these people that go out to these places, uh, places where people have never heard the name of Jesus. This task of a missionary reaching the lost in the the unreached people with the gospel, the good news about Jesus. And Paul says something that is fascinating in verse 19. At the end of verse 19, Paul tells the church in Rome that he has fully preached the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem to Illyricum. And if you're like me and have no idea where Illyricum is, you can Google it and you can find it on a map. And in those days from Jerusalem to Illyricum was a very large distance, a very large geographical area. So for Paul to tell the church at Rome that just in a few years that he has reached everyone for the gospel from Jerusalem to Illyricum, it seems kind of crazy for him to say. Until you understand exactly what Paul is trying to say. What Paul is saying here is that he has gone into these cities in this area and preached the name of Jesus to the Jews and the Gentiles from Jerusalem to Illyricum and major centers, uh, cities and places. He's preached the gospel in the synagogues. Um, he's preached the gospel in the, in the false idol worshiping temples of the Gentiles and shared the good news about Jesus and thousands of people have come to faith. 
but there are many, many more who have still not heard the message of Jesus. Yet Paul still says, I've, I've done my work here in this place. Now, how could Paul say that confidently to the church at Rome? That he, his work is fulfilled in this area and he's ready to come to Rome and visit the church by, and then he's gonna go to Asia from there. Paul, the missionary, tells the church in Rome that his work is finished, not because everyone has heard the good news of Jesus, but because in all of these places, people have heard the gospel. People have repented of their sins and believed in Jesus and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Churches have been planted in these places and the work of the church, which is the same work of the missionary, will continue in these places. The church will continue to tell their neighbors and their friends and that the village over there and the village over there and the city over there and the town further inland about the good news of Jesus. So Paul's not saying that I've literally spoken the gospel to every single person in this area. He's saying my work as a missionary is fulfilled because there are churches planted, there are disciples in these places that love Jesus and follow Jesus and they are proclaiming with their mouth the mercies of God found only in Jesus. So what Paul is saying is that his work as a missionary is now accomplished and he now plans to come to Rome for some time and then move on to Asia. It's fascinating. If you read uh, the book of Acts, what you'll see is that Paul's plan is often thwarted. Is that the right way to say that? Thwarted? Did I say that right? Is often hindered or changed, not by the enemy, but the, the Bible says by the Holy Spirit. So Paul had this plan in his mind that he was gonna go to Rome, spend some time with the church there, encourage those believers, and then go into Asia and proclaim the good news of Jesus in a place where Jesus' name had never been known. Now, what happens, you find out, is Paul ends up going to Rome, but not freely. He goes to Rome in chains as a prisoner and never makes it fully into Asia like he anticipated. The book of Acts actually says that the Holy Spirit actually stopped his plans and changed his direction. So for us as a church, as we're praying about, not only as individuals, where God is leading us in our lives, but where God is leading us as a church, we need to make sure that we are flexible and remain reliant upon the Lord to lead us and guide us in the right direction. And we feel like during the season, as the Lord has confirmed over and over and over again, that God is sending a family to the mountains of Lesotho to preach and proclaim the name of Jesus in a place that people don't know who he is. And I say that not so that you look at us as a family and say, oh, wow, I'm so, I'm so grateful for you. If it wasn't us, it doesn't matter who it is. God has called this church to this task. And this task is the same task as Paul had 2000 years ago to reach those who have no chance of hearing the gospel, to reach them with the good news about Jesus so that they have an opportunity to repent and believe and that churches would begin and that those communities would grow and flourish in Christ and that they would take the gospel message even further into their own context and their own region and their own areas. And so that everyone in that place among that people group could have a chance to hear the name of Jesus. And the book of Matthew uh, chapter 24 Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And if you've ever read the, um, Matthew chapter 24, you've probably walked away scratching your head going, I have no idea what he's talking about. And you're in good company because I feel the same way. 
If you read Matthew 24, there are bits and pieces that I understand and there's still some things that I have no idea what Jesus is trying to say to his disciples. But he is speaking to his disciples in Matthew 24, specifically those who follow him. And they ask him about his second coming. They say, well, what's gonna happen? So he begins to tell them about the signs and the things that are gonna happen and there will be wars and rumors of wars and all of these things that will take place. But then he says this in verse 14. He says that the gospel of the kingdom of God will be proclaimed or preached to all the nations and it will be a testimony to all peoples and then the end will come. And I've also struggled with this some in my life as well. I've always wondered, all right, Jesus, are you telling us as disciples, as followers of Jesus, that, that if we go in as fast and as quickly as we can, we tell as many people as we can about Jesus and then the end will come? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying if that we just work as hard as we can just to go around and telling everybody, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? That they'll all of a sudden, the end will come. And I don't think that's what he's saying. He's not saying this is a command for us. We know the command he's given us is to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he's commanded. That's the imperative that he's given the church. What he says in Matthew 24 is not an imperative. It's more of a promise. And that promise is I will fulfill my purpose in this world by using my disciples, those of us in this room, He's gonna fulfill his purpose in this world by using us to accomplish this work. And no one knows the time or day of the Lord's return other than him. And so we ought to just be faithful and obedient to what he's called us to do. And as I've been reflecting upon these things over the last few, few weeks and few months, often struggling with, are we doing the right thing? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? the Lord has confirmed over and over and over again that this is exactly not where he, only where he wants me and my family, but this is where he wants this church. To give sacrificially, to go to the uttermost parts of the earth to share the gospel and to be a part of the work that he's doing in this world so that all people have an opportunity to hear the good news about Jesus and believe in him. There are many things that are coming for us in the next couple of weeks and next few months. Um, so really quickly, I wanna give you just a, a, a quick update on what it's gonna look like here in the next few months for us. And then I wanna close with just kind of giving you an update on uh, how you can be involved and how you can specifically be praying for us during this time. We, uh, like I said, we're packing a shipping container and putting it on a ship and praying that it makes it across the ocean. And if everything works out right, we plan to get to Lesotho, um, get our residence permits, and then move up into the mountains. And hopefully our container will come at some point within the first few weeks of us being there. And that we can work on this house that we have rented, um, fix it up as we need to, move into our house and settle down as a family, uh, begin to homeschool our kids and begin to meet our neighbors and to go out into villages and sharing the gospel begin to work on learning the language, which my wife is way more gifted at learning languages than I am. So you can pray for me specifically <laughs> that I would learn. You would think I've been there so much that I would know it by now, but I know like seven words. Um, but pray that we would learn the language that we could communicate to these people in their own native tongue 
um, that we can communicate very clearly to them the message about Jesus and their own language. Um, so over the next few months, as we settle in, I just have some specific things for you to pray for. One, our container would get there, not fall off a ship, that we could learn the language uh, as quick as possible, um, that we would settle into this new place um, as seamlessly as we could, knowing that there's gonna be troubles along the way and struggles and we're gonna be exhausted and that the Lord would just protect my family. Uh, he would be with us and allow us to just be patient with one another, uh, to love one another well, that we would settle into this community well, uh, that we would be able to meet our neighbors and share the gospel with boldness to those around us. And that over the next six, eight, 10 months, as we settled into this new place, that we would always know that God has called us, not only as a family, but us as a church to this specific task at this exact time. And that we could hold on to that and know that's exactly where we need to be. So we covet your prayers and we ask that you would just be faithful in praying for us. There are also some other ways that you can be involved. We actually have a team going. Uh, Joey is leading a team. I didn't, I didn't mention that actually. Uh, Kevin Bauer and Joey Coleman are actually coming with us in a few weeks and flying with my family to help us lug a bunch of luggage through the airports and up to the mountains and do everything that we need to do for the first couple of weeks. And then Kevin will fly home in about the middle of November. And Joey's actually staying with us for about two and a half months. Um, not only because we love him so much, but because he is sacrificially giving up his time. Uh, he, he runs his own business here and just feels like the Lord is calling him to be there with us during these two months to help us get settled, to help us at the port, to help our our container, clear customs, to help us figure out all the logistical needs that we need. Um, he'll be coming with us during that time. And then a team of young adults will be coming at the end of December. On the 28th, they'll fly in to South Africa, land on the 29th, and then drive up the next day into the mountains. And they'll be there for a couple of weeks ministering in our valley, which we haven't been in in about a year going through our valley, going village to village, encouraging the believers there, sharing the gospel with new villages, making disciples, doing what God has called us to do. So be, please be praying for that team as well. Uh, and for the next couple of months that everything would just work out in God's timing, uh, knowing that some things aren't gonna go according to our plan, uh, but that we would be flexible uh, in, in all things that God has for us. There are ways that you could also give. Uh, there should be a QR code popping up here on the screen. That QR code will take you to the website, the River Oak website. And there's a specific webpage uh, that will tell you everything about what we're doing. There's a place that you can sign up for our newsletter and find out about um, what's going on over the months, the next few months and years to come. Uh, we'll send out newsletters periodically. Uh, there's a Facebook page because we're old and we use Facebook that you can join this Facebook page and follow along. We'll be updating, hopefully updating that um, pretty regularly. I don't post anything on social media, so keep us accountable. Be like, hey, we haven't heard from you in a while and we'll try to keep that updated. Um, there's a place that you can also give. If you feel like the Lord is giving, uh, is asking you to invest in this financially, uh, that you would have a place to go. If he's not, then don't, it's okay. There are many other things that God has called us to, but if God is calling you specifically to this effort um, to financially support us being there in the mountains of Lesotho, there's a place to give uh, as well. And again, I just really wanted to quickly um, say thank you one more time. Uh, Pastor Heath, reading that 
email. I, I don't even remember sending that email. Uh, and he asked me this morning, like, hey, do you mind if I, if I share this? And I didn't really get a chance to read it. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. I have no idea what I said. That was 10 years ago. Um, it didn't sound too bad, I don't think. But even just reflecting on that, knowing that even at that time, I had, I had not anticipated living in Lesotho. It was not even on my radar. I knew God had called me to live amongst the people who had never heard the gospel, but I didn't know this specific place. And then reflecting on how God has called me and my wife together. And before we even met that he had called us specifically to this exact same task. Um, we just were talking about that the other day. Uh, just how grateful we are for the Lord's work in our lives, the work, Lord's work in this church and how you all have been such a critical part of sending us so far. So with uh, this bittersweet moment, we're excited uh, for what God is gonna do um, through us in the mountains of Lesotho. And we ask and we beg you, please come and visit. There'll be a place for you to come and stay for however long you wanna be there and to help us make disciples in the mountains of Lesotho. Reach out to us, send us an email, uh, hit us up on, on the old people's Facebook. How, whatever you need to do, I'll have a WhatsApp number at some point. You can, you can message us. Please come visit, be a part of the work. If God is calling you specifically to that task, please don't hesitate. Reach out and we'll get the, get the ball rolling so you can come and join the work. There's a lot of work left to do in the mountains of Lesotho. We have one valley that we've adopted as a church and that one valley, maybe 50% of that valley has heard the gospel over the last five years. And there's a valley next to it that we've not engaged. And there's another valley next to that one. And there's another valley next to that one that's not engaged. And there are many people way back in those valleys that have never heard the name of Jesus. And it can't be done just by me and my wife and my kids. It takes this entire church to be a part of this effort. So please be praying about how God would have you involved and the next steps that you could take. And if you wanna be involved in any way, please let us know. We would love nothing more than to tell you um, specifics about how you can be involved in this work. Thank you. And it's true, there's some of you out there that you're like, I'm never going to Africa, but your heart is stirring. Your heart is stirring. And so be careful what you tell God you ain't gonna do. Can I get an amen? And so you might find yourself on that 15-hour flight, 10-hour drive, and the blessing of that is beyond anything that you can imagine. And so I believe even as we're sharing this, right, there's heart stirring out there. And so be sensitive to that. It, it's a life-changing thing. It really is. And I know we're called to go to our neighbors, our communities. Man, when you meet people who have never heard this message, like it, it does something to your heart. I'm so proud of you, man. This is, this is bittersweet. You know, he's been such a good friend, a brother, and we're not losing you. Uh, it's not like you're dying, bro, but you're no, moving. Okay. And I didn't know Facebook was for old people as well. Yeah, That's thanks. new to me. Yeah. I'm not even on it yet, so I'm way behind. Okay, so, so we'll pray for you, and then we'll put a Facebook post to pray for you as well after the service for the 20 people that are on it. But anyway, <laughs> today is a celebration. It really is. And I'm just so thankful for this young man and for Kim and, and the timing of how the Lord led him here and even the work that God has done through him in our missions department here has been amazing. He has been a pioneer in many ways. A lot of the relationships we have with Oscar Smith and, and with other schools and even uh, in, in our, in our uh, church planners, Kyle's been so just pivotal in that. And so, bro, we're praying for you. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to pray for he and his wife and his kids. And so we're going to go old school. I'm asking you to go to the front of that stage down there. 
And I'm going to ask Kim and Lily and Jace to come forward. And this is what I'm going to ask you guys. If you feel led, well, all of you are going to stand. So whether you feel led or not, just stand. Stand at this time. I'm going to ask those who want to come forward and just gather around them. We're going to put them right here in the center. And those who might just want to come forward, put a hand. If you can't get a hand on them, that's all right. Put a hand on someone. And so get these guys, appropriately, get these guys here. And then we're going to pray, man. This is awesome. So yeah, y'all come forward. However you want to come and just pray and just, again, we want to cover them, commission them, uh, and ask the Lord to just, as he already is, go before them. So yeah, as you guys, as mom and dad, there we go. What's up, Jace? Can I get a high five? Oh, don't. Yes, I didn't get dissed on live stream. All right, here we go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes. So cool. The body of Christ, man. Let's just cover these guys. Going to proclaim the gospel. Isaiah 52, 7, right? Beautiful are the feet. Beautiful are the feet that go and proclaim hope, that proclaim good tidings. And this is what they're doing. And so we want to pray and send them out as a body of believers. Join with me as we pray. Join with me. Our Heavenly Father. Lord, first and foremost, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news. It's good news for us as sinners because we know all of us, we have fallen way short of your glory for all of sin. And Lord, we recognize that that creates a barrier for us, that we are born into sin, separated from you, but you have provided a way through your son. And the good news is that we as sinners can be forgiven, we can be redeemed, that guilt, that shame can be washed away and we can be made new in you. We thank you for that. We thank you for a savior that came to his own creation to die for us. And that there upon the cross, every sin that we've ever committed laid upon his shoulders, paid in full, justifying your wrath, your judgment. Lord, we thank you for a savior who did not remain upon that cross, but a savior that conquered it, a savior that rose from the grave. We are the only ones who can say that, that we put our faith in the one who lived, who died, but who rose again. And because of that, we have hope. We have victory over death, over our sins, over the grave. And Lord, you've given us the message to proclaim. You call us to be quick to proclaim the hope that lies within us. Lord, allow us to be sensitive even in our own day-to-day lives, spiritual conversations, opportunities to share the hope that lies within us. We thank you for Kyle and Kim, for Lily and Jace. We thank you for the calling that you've placed upon their lives, the calling you've placed upon our church and the partnership together now to go, to go to Lesotho, to live there, to build these relationships in a whole new way. And so Lord, I pray for hearts to be prepared. We pray for traveling mercies. We pray for protection. We pray for that trailer to not fall in the ocean. Lord, we pray that all of that stuff will arrive safely. Lord, we pray because we know it's all under your control and in your hands. And even the obstacles fall under your control and your authority. And so, Lord, I pray for Colin Kim. Give them peace that surpasses understanding, knowing that you have placed them there and that they are being obedient to the call that you have put upon their lives. There's nothing like that joy that comes when you know you're doing what you've called us to do. So, Lord, I thank you as we look back over these years of the way that you have worked, this is your work. You're allowing us to be a part of your work. And so Lord, we send them. We send them in your authority. We send them in your protection. We send them in the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go proclaim peace and good news to those who have never heard the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, anoint them. Lord, may your words flow through them. And Lord, may you remind them in the hard moments 
they are exactly where you have called them to be. Lord, thank you for this body who has confirmed that. Lord, may we come beside them and support them and pray for them and continue, Lord, to put our arms around them, to go and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We send them in your authority in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We pray for your glory and honor. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, Amen, amen, and amen.